Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Uh, we're starting a new series today. Um, it's just one word. Why? And really, it's going to be an eight-week series that's really going to answer questions that we uh, might have personally about our faith in Christ or about different things in life. It might be questions that we might have uh, or questions that are asked of us of society. And maybe we've had a difficult time answering those questions. Um, if you've been here before, um, I'm a pastor that loves to preach from God's word. That's what I believe is God's word is true. God's word is faithful and God's word can change our lives. Amen. And the power of his spirit is something that we need to go ahead and continue to, to step into because it's this power of his spirit, his, his living word that can change our lives. One of the songs that we were singing today, I was thinking, man, my goodness, if we could just grab a hold of the, what, when the word of God is spoken to us, when all of a sudden you're in prayer and all of a sudden the word of God is spoken to you, if you can grab a hold of that, that it is so, it is done, it is complete. Man, we put our faith behind that. I'm telling you right now that, man, our lives forever will be changed. Today I want to answer a question or I want to discuss a topic. Why should we believe in God? We live in a society where some people are choosing to abandon their faith. They no longer choose to worship or they no longer choose to follow God. It's heartbreaking to see when all of a sudden we see people who all of a sudden, and sometimes famous people, Christian authors, pastors, teachers, songwriters, those who have chosen to walk away from their faith. And, and we know every person is valuable to God. Amen? Every person is important to the kingdom. But when you see someone in Christian leadership all of a sudden make a choice to abandon their faith, there's rippling consequences of that taking place in the, the body of Christ. So the question is, why does that happen? Why does this happen? Why does someone choose, after they're following Jesus, all of a sudden choose to abandon their faith in Jesus. Isn't that, a, that's an important question to talk about. How can someone following Jesus stop following Jesus? I think a very general answer is that people start to doubt their beliefs. They start to doubt. Have you ever had doubts? Have you ever heard that, that saying, doubt your doubts? It's a really good saying. But sometimes we have doubts. Why? Why do some people have doubts and they start to abandon their faith? Because they feel something else is more convincing. Maybe they don't know why they believe what they believe. Maybe they just don't have that understanding of their faith. And when their faith is challenged, all of a sudden, guess what? They start to crumble under the pressure of peers, under the pressure of teachers, under the pressure of, of co-workers. All of a sudden, they can't defend their faith and they start to crumble. They no longer feel that they can trust their former beliefs and consequently, they abandon the faith, either based on peer pressure or on feelings. It's not to say they, ha they haven't thought through it. But their feelings or their doubts have drawn them away from following after God. And I think many of us have maybe experienced this, and maybe you yourself has, have kind of gone through that part. I've doubted at times in my life where I'm going to... And I, I have to recheck myself, and I, I have to read God's word, and all of a sudden, man, God just shows up. John the Baptist doubted. Are you the one 
that everybody has been, are you the one that's sent from heaven? And Jesus responds to John the Baptist, the, the sick are being healed, the deaf are hearing. Yes, it is I. Some of the reasons I think people doubt is, for example, secular education. I'm not trying to, you know, down secular education today. But one of the things that I see over and over and over again, and some of you have seen it too, when our students, when our kids go off into school or into college and secular education, their faith is challenged by professors, by, co- by other peers. Their faith is being challenged. You know, if you put a person in a group where all of a sudden 95% of them do not believe in God and you're one of the 5%, it's difficult. And just the peer pressure can all of a sudden start to overcome you. And all of a sudden, how do you overcome a professor that man has all this knowledge and all this understanding and they're much older than you and all of a sudden they're telling you that, you know what, God is not real. You know, that, that's just that's something that you've been taught. And, 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 and all of a sudden we see students starting to bend the faith. Maybe a tragedy took place in a person's life, the loss of a friend, the loss of a relative. But, and because God didn't meet their expectations, They've been praying that God would provide healing. And the expectations were at me. All of a sudden, they start to abandon their faith. It could be a person who's turned off by the political biases of a, of a church. All of a sudden, the church becomes too political. If you know me, I just, I, I personally, guess what? I personally believe in certain things politically. But I don't bring, I try to keep them out of the pulpit as much as possible because I don't believe that we're supposed to make be a church that is filled with politics. Now, some might disagree with me, but guess what? You're not the pastor, and I am. When I read the Word of God, Jesus always was pointing people. He, did he have to deal with politics this time? Yes. But he was always pushing people away. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. You know what? Give to the Lord what is the Lord's. Maybe the Bible is too restrictive. That's why they abandon their faith. It doesn't allow for sexual, their, their preference of sexual activities or the, their preferences in other areas. And therefore, they choose to follow their feelings over choosing to follow God. It could be a wrongdoing in a church or a scandal by the pastor. And all of a sudden, your, your, your faith was kind of put more into that pastor than into God. And all of a sudden, when that scandal takes place, all of a sudden, you become disillusioned. You start to abandon your beliefs, your faith. It's only a few examples. Maybe you're sitting here today and you have doubts in your faith. You're pondering that question, why should I believe in God? I don't necessarily trust the church. Maybe you're watching online and you're trying to check it out right now. You think, oh, I don't know if I want to go back to church. And I don't necessarily trust the church. I don't trust God. I feel more comfortable following my feelings than following the Bible, or God, or the church. But the important question that I want you to really grab a hold of right now, the question that we must ask ourselves is this. Why should I trust my feelings? What makes my feelings more reliable than the Bible, than God, than my parents, than science? The list can go on and on. I know that feelings can be grounded in reason. I know that we have, well, our feelings are developed by, by, through thinking and they can be grounded. But I also know that my feelings can be based on emotions. All of a sudden, the emotion of a loss. All of a sudden, the emotion of pressure. All of a sudden, all these different things, my feelings can be based on that. Think about this thought. If you are able to put me in a room, let's say with Albert Einstein, to talk about physics... 
Guess what your pastor would do? He would be completely quiet. Why? Because I just don't know enough about physics to all of a sudden to start a discussion to talk with Albert Einstein about physics. Put me in a room with Warren Buffett. Great investor. And all of a sudden, I'm going to start talking to Warren Buffett about investing. Guess what? I'm going to sit, find the corner of the room, and I'm going to sit back there, and I'm just going to listen. Because I have no experience at the level that he has. I have no ability at his level. And I don't want to make myself look like a fool. So I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to listen. So then the question is this. Why should I trust my feelings over God? Is my experience greater than God's? Is my knowledge greater than God's? Is my wisdom greater than God's? How did I become so all-knowing and so all-powerful? Come on, someone has to, your thoughts, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes they've just become so powerful. How? With that idea, let me share a scripture with you for the sole purpose of challenging our thoughts and our feelings. The Bible is powerful. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, it states, There is a path before each person that seems right but it ends in death. You see, there's a lot of things presented in this world that might feel right, but just because it feels right doesn't mean that it is right. I thought I'd get a lot more amens than that. So then, Pastor Tom, are you telling me today that I need to discard all my feelings, I should have those feelings, I just need to discard reasoning, and just according to blind faith, I just need to jump in and start to put my faith in God and start believing in God just by blind faith? And that's the discussion I want to have with you today. Faith versus reason. And my, 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 my message today is a little bit more teaching than preaching. And it, it's okay, just... Grab a hold of this because I think this will help all of us, not just with maybe our times of unbelief, but maybe you're dealing with a friend or a coworker or, or a child, and you need some, just some ability to be able to speak to those unbeliefs that sometimes creep into our lives. Faith versus reason. Many of you probably have heard this scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It's one of my favorite scriptures. I quote it very often when I'm preaching a message, and it is, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. As you can see, the Bible clearly states that our belief in God is based upon faith. Did you, did you see that? It is impossible to please God without faith. You've got to have faith to be able to believe in God. Amen? How many have seen God? I haven't. I've seen things in this world that show me that there is a God, but I haven't seen God. It takes faith. So then how do we, how do we deal with the teacher or the friend or the coworker or maybe the parent who states, if you want me to believe in God, then prove to me that God exists. Have you ever been asked that question? Prove to me that God exists. How do we prove, in God, prove God's existence? Because we live in a culture where more, more and more people think those who believe in God do so ignorantly by blind faith. Oh, you're, just, you ever, oh, you're a Christian? And you can feel this saying, oh, you're, and it's almost like, oh, you're just ignorant. 
You know what I'm talking about? Somehow those who don't believe in God do so from the basis of sound reasoning or evidence. And that's what I want to talk about today. It's the current narrative in our society. Secularism is based on facts and science. Christianity or other religions is completely based on irrational thinking or feelings. So the question, prove to me that God exists, is definitely a question that is difficult to answer. But equally as difficult to answer is the question, prove to me that God doesn't exist. Did you hear that? So you could be asked the question, prove to me that God exists. Well, prove to me that God doesn't exist. See, both those questions are viable. Both those questions are as difficult to answer. I want to remind you of a truth here that I think many of us need to think through, especially in our society today. Many of the scientific theories that are now believed to be as facts are rooted in what's called a hypothesis. It's basically, it's, a, it's an assumption that's come, they've assumed some things to come to a conclusion. Now, a hypothesis cannot be proven to be true unless, there, it, 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 unless it is, it's limited to physical. Unless you can test it, you can't prove that it's true. You've got to be able to test it and to see that, oh, yeah, it's going to react this way. Oh, yeah, you know my assumption, I can prove it because I live in a physical realm. And, yeah, it is true. But if you can't do that, then you can't, you can't prove your assumption. For example, the way that science explains how our universe began is through this idea of the Big Bang Theory. But there's no way to prove that theory. And I would argue this thought. To believe in that theory, the Big Bang Theory, takes as much faith as to believe in God. Both, either one takes faith. Science states that matter came from this Big Bang Theory, the idea that all this energy all of a sudden is up, is out in space and all this energy is collided. And, and when that energy collided, it created matter. And that's how matter came, all of a sudden appeared. But then the question is, where did this energy come from? And all of a sudden, you start this vicious, vicious cycle of different theories that you have to create a new theory to prove this theory and another theory and another theory. And as you can see, none of this is based on facts. It's all based on theories or assumptions. I'm not saying that science isn't important. Man, there's been some wonderful scientific breakthroughs that have been so important to humanity. Science can be very important, but I'm going to state today that science needs to be limited to a physical world. When it goes outside of the physical world, guess what? It's just assumptions. It's limited to what can be tested. It cannot prove anything beyond what is physical. From his book, Making Sense of God, when I was, and just before I continue, thank you for letting me take some time off over the last four weeks. I had the thrill of listening to both my sons preach. I had a, man, we had a couple of great guest speakers that came and shared as well. And your pastor was able to read three books in, the, in that period of time, which I just thoroughly enjoyed being able to just have some time away and just kind of get refreshed. So thank you for doing that. But one of the books I read is a book called Making Sense of God. It's written by Timothy Keller. Man, I highly recommend the book. It's, a, it's not an easy read, but it's a phenomenal read. But he quotes a philosopher, Stephen Evans, who states, Science by its very nature is not fit to investigate whether there is more to, real, uh, to reality than the natural world. And then Timothy Keller goes on and writes, Because science's baseline methodology is to always assume a natural cause for every phenomenon, 
There is no experiment that could prove or disprove that there is something beyond this material world. Therefore, to state that there is no God or that there is a God then necessarily entails faith. It entails faith. The reason I share this today is to help you combat the many ideas and thoughts that are bombarded to us uh, through secular thinking and through the teaching within our culture. The thought of the idea that there is, there is no God is based on facts, and the thought of the idea that, that, that God doesn't exist is, is somehow based on facts, and the thought of that God does exist is based on blind faith is just not true. Both require faith. To not believe in God requires faith, or to believe in God requires faith. So I share that because so, so these believers who once believed in God but now somehow they choose not to believe in God did not come to that conclusion because of all of a sudden they discovered some new facts. That's all, oh my gosh, there is no God. No, 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 no. Instead, they have chosen to put their faith in another direction. Maybe they have chosen to put their faith in science or maybe they have chosen to put their faith in their own feelings. But bottom line, no matter what stance you take in life, it requires, say the word with me, faith. Some faith is based on, on my reasoning that it's more logical. For me, it's more logical or rational for me to believe in a God who created the universe. That's where I stand as a pastor. It's more logical, it's more reasonable for me to understand that there is a God who created everything. The earth, the moon, the suns, the stars, who created the ecosystems. Human life, animal life, plant life, all living things. It's easier to believe this happened in the hands of the creator than somehow believing that this just all of a sudden happened by accident. Amen? You might not be there yet. That's okay. Stay with me. My wife and I uh, own a home in Laguna Hills. And uh, it was a little older home. And through the years, we, every year we try to take on a project, depending on what our finances look like. Some years we take on a smaller project. Some years we take on a bigger project. But we try to keep our house improving. We're trying to keep it up. So last year, for example, we redid our flooring. And uh, one year we, 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 did our, we, we had to redo our air conditioning unit and heating system. And, and one year we replaced our windows. And so we've been kind of taking off, just biting off chunks and trying to bring our, our house up in value and just trying to make it a nice place to live. And so we've been remodeling just kind of through the process. Now we're thinking about the kitchen. You know how expensive a kitchen is to remodel? Are you kidding me? My goodness. So we're thinking about that. We're looking at that. I keep on having, but what would happen if all of a sudden today that you went to your house, you went back to your home, wherever you might live, apartment, a, a, a condo, a house, whatever it might be, and you go back to your home and all of a sudden as you walk through the doors, everything has been remodeled. The floors, brand new, beautiful stone and woodwork, and it's just absolutely gorgeous. The painting is gorgeous. I mean, all the walls have been painted freshly, and they have the cut lines that, man, it is so divided, so, I love that, I'm so particular, so divided, so accurate, you can't see any blend, there's no mistakes, it's just beautiful. You look at your kitchen, and it has the latest self-closed you know, devices or, or cabinets and, and it's, it soft closes and self closes and, and it comes out on its own and you push a button, it does all, all these wonderful things. You can watch TV on your fridge and you can get all the news updates right from your fridge. Who would have thought it? 
You go to your store and all of a sudden you forget what's in your fridge. You can, guess what? You can look in your fridge and see what's there from afar. That is actually real. I couldn't believe that. What? Seriously? I don't need that fridge. That's spooky. That's weird. All of a sudden you walk into your rest bathroom and all of a sudden it's been totally remodeled. And you have the latest, this new rain shower head that makes you feel like you're living in the tropics and it just comes flowing down upon you. How many of you would think that if you walked in your home and it's been completely remodeled like that, that it just happened by accident? That it didn't actually happen by someone of an intelligent being that you don't know how, you don't know why, you don't know who that did it, but there was an intelligent, you would assume that someone, a human being or a crew came into your house and all of a sudden remodeled, you would not think that it happened by accident then why in the world do we think that the world that we live in and the universe that we, can, that we can't even see the end to, that the human body with all this, it's, it's wonderful makeup, the ecosystem, that I how do we think that that just happened by accident? For me, it's easier to put my faith behind an intelligent, an all-powerful creator as the cause of what I see and experience than to believe that it was just an accident. Catch this thought. To believe it all appeared just by accident requires for me to believe that I am nothing more than an accident myself. Which means this, I really have no real meaning. I really have no real purpose. I am just a clump of atoms that came together by accident. If that's the case, then why should I care about life? Why should I have feelings for others? Why should I try to help others? If everything I see is an accident, if everything that just came all of a sudden just, just appeared, then why shouldn't I just start living life like a wild animal who just basically is the survival of the fist? And some people actually live that way. It's kind of scary, but some do. You see, for me, it's much more reasonable for me to believe in a God who created me and loves me than to believe that I just appeared by accident. It gives, me, it gives meaning to why I have feelings. Have you ever, why do I have feelings? Why do I have this sense of love? Why do I care about others? Why, why is that put, if I'm just an accident, where did that come from? Why do I love my kids so much? Why do I love the church so much? Why do I care what happens at work? It's because I'm not an accident. I'm God's creation. I've been created for a purpose to love God and to love others with the same kind of love that God has shown me. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this. For we, you, are God's masterpiece. Say that with me. I am God's masterpiece. Say it again. I am God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Today you have a choice. You can choose to put your faith in secular thinking that is established upon a hypothesis, a theory, that, just, that you are just happenstance, nothing more than a series of accidents. That's just so thrilling. 
think about this. Think about this thought. If, if this theory is true, it is that, that it is conceived that we're just accidents, then guess what? You're following someone who is thinking, who is created by an accident. You're following a thought press process that's just an accident themselves. Why should you put your faith behind a mind that is nothing more than an accident? Or do you put your faith behind a God who chose to create all living things? A God who chose to create you with meaning and purpose. A God who loves you and desires that you discover, that you discover how you can love others the same way that he loves you. For me, it's very, very clear. The choice is clear. And I hope today that that choice becomes a little clearer to you today as I've shared this word. And I want to close this subject today, this thought, and I want to support the argument, why should you believe in God? And let me share a verse from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. The author writes, this is God's word, By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. I'm going to read it again. By faith we understand that the entire universe, everything that we see, everything, the entire universe, was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that we have seen. I share this verse because it's a powerful verse that really comes to the idea of how the universe began. As I've shared, science has struggled with this whole idea of how did the universe begin. They've struggled with this whole thought. It's been a topic or a subject over the years. Before the 20th century, science never questioned the universe. In fact, science basically thought that the universe was eternal, that it just always has been. But today there's serious doubt to the thought that the universe is eternal. Um, I was reading, as I've been reading these different books, one of the things that one of the authors was talking about was the, the second law of thermodynamics. And guess what? I'm not a scientist. Far from it. In fact, if you looked at my grades when I was in school on science, it wasn't good. But as I started reading, I do remember just this kind of way back, this thought about thermodynamics. It basically says that, 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 that over time, energy is transferred. And as energy continues to be transferred, it eventually wears down to the place that it stops. That begins to degenerate or reduce. And if that law is true, then it means that eventually this universe that's spinning, that all the things, guess what? This universe will eventually come to an end if that law is true. And if there is an end, guess what that means? If there's an end, there had to be a beginning, right? A world-famous, um, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Another theory is the thought that the universe is constantly expanding, meaning that it's always creating new matter. But once again, if that's the case, then that means that there had to be, at some point, there had to be a beginning to the universe. And a world-famous cosmologist, Alexander Vilenkin, states these words. With the proof now in place, cosmologists can no longer, I know it's, I'm getting heady here today, but just follow along with me. With the proof now in place, cosmologists can no longer hide behind the possibility of a past eternal universe. What they once thought there was an eternal universe. They can't hide behind that anymore. There is no escape. No escape. They have to face the problem of a cosmic beginning. 
Pastor Tom, why go through this whole ordeal? Why do you share all this information right now? Because Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 answers the problem. By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that has been seen. As you read God's word, you discover that throughout the Bible, Scripture declares the omniscience, the omnipotence, and the omnipresence of God. It continues to share about that, meaning that God's knowledge is unlimited. God's power is unlimited. God's presence is unlimited. Scripture declares that God has no beginning, that God has no end. See, that makes sense. Genesis 1-1 states, in the beginning, God created Meaning that God existed before any beginning ever started. God was already in existence. Revelation chapter 1 verse 8 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. It says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I share this because the Bible answers questions that science has difficulty answering. Think about that thought. The Bible answers questions that science cannot. You see, God's word is true. And I've shared that and I've believed that. And I continue to share it and I continue to believe it. God's word is true. And it makes it come a little bit more alive, the scripture that you, maybe some of you have heard in Psalms 119, verse 105, when it states, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. Your word, God, answers questions that I cannot find in society today. Your word, God, answers questions that maybe some of my peers, maybe some of my teachers, they're not able to answer. But God, I can go to your word that's been written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, and I can stand on your word and recognize that, man, he answers questions that even science has a struggle with. Some think God's word is ancient and is not relevant for today, but I would argue, man, it gives powerful answers to the current questions of the day. We've just, some have chosen to abandon it. I choose to put my faith in God because God's word takes us beyond our natural thinking. God's word takes us to a place where all of a sudden I'm outside of the natural thinking and I start going into a realm of supernatural thinking. And it's in the supernatural power of God. It's in that supernatural time of life where all of a sudden I'm just praying where God begins to download truth into my heart that no one else can. It's the power of God, the answers to life. And the answer I want to share with you today, that you are no accident. You are God's creation, loved by a creator who put you on this earth. He loves you. You're created for a purpose to be his follower who receives God's love and gives God's love to others. I pray if you haven't chosen to believe in God today, that today you might choose to follow him. That you're not an accident, you're his creation, and that you are loved by him. There are gonna be times in life that you're gonna to have to deal with doubts. There's going to be times in life where some of your peers, some of your, maybe your boss, maybe your, maybe your spouse doesn't necessarily believe that what you believe, that you believe in a creator, that you believe in God. And in those times, you have to be willing to step, stand in your faith. Don't all of a sudden 
get fooled to think that someone else has more truth than what God's Word does. To somehow think that, you know, they're basing their ideas on facts because there's not. It's based on assumptions. See, it takes faith either direction. I just choose to put my faith in God, the Creator, who created me for a purpose. And God created you for a purpose. And I, I ask you today, know why you believe. Understand why God wants you to believe in Him. Because He created you to be perfect in so many different ways. He created you to be a part of the family of God. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Man, your word is powerful. It is effective and it is life-changing. I pray the words that were spoken today, God, will just kind of penetrate our hearts. I pray the scriptures that were read today, your truth, Lord God, would empower us in a new way, in a fresh way, to believe in you in a greater way than ever before. I pray for those, Lord God, who maybe have been struggling with unbelief. Maybe they've been watching online today, and they're even struggling in their unbelief of maybe who you are. And there's been doubts because of comments that people have said or of things that have been said, and it's been hard to defend their faith. God, I pray today that it's a little clearer, there's a little bit more understanding that, God, you are real, and that they choose to put their faith in following you. Today, as every head is bowed, eyes closed, I don't know, I feel so impressed today. If you're here today, I, in fact, I don't even want you to raise your hands right now. I just want you to believe in your heart. If you're here today and you've been struggling with unbelief, you've been struggling, is this whole thing of following after God, following after Christ, is this thing real? I hope today that you can put your faith behind who God is, that you make a choice. I choose to follow Christ today. And if that's you here today, I want you to say this prayer with me. And I'm just going to ask the entire congregation to say this prayer with me. It's a prayer of faith. It's a prayer to your creator. It's a prayer to ask God, you know what, for his favor. Say this prayer with me today. Lord Jesus, I choose to follow you. Lord, help my unbelief. Let your word, Lord God, become true in my heart. Forgive me of my wrongs and give me the faith to follow you. I ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, I love the story in the Bible where the one man came to Jesus and desired healing. And, and the man said, you know, Jesus, do you believe? And I said, I'm trying, but Lord, help my unbelief. See, that's real. And when we get real with God, God is there to help us. And I, man, I encourage you today to get real with God. Choose to follow after Him. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.